This episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the bar, the protein bar, that is, that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, be sure to go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on at your checkout for $10 off your first order. That's built bar and builtbar.com. Let's start the show. Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. Hello. And with me is Tony Abbott of, uh, of Zone Coverage as well. Um, and uh, today we are joined by a special guest from Bar Down Buttes. Or it's Bar Down Beauties, correct? Yeah, we call our listeners the Buttes, but yeah, the, the official name is Bar Down Beauties. Yeah. Bar Down Beauties <laughs> podcast. Uh, also, you can listen to her. Uh, or watch her on the, uh, I believe it's Twitch with the NWHL mm-hmm. and the Minnesota Whitecaps. She's on the color commentary. It is Alexis Pearson. Alexis, how are you doing today? A little hot. The humidity <laughs> has ramped up here in this past week. But other than that, not much else has changed in the life of Alexis here. And Tony, how are you doing? Um, You know what? Uh, also, <laughs> also dealing with the hot. Uh, yeah. it's, well, it's not great, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm still alive. Well, I got to say, both of you, the humidity doesn't look like it's affecting your long, beautiful locks. <laughs> I can't get a haircut. I'm just, I don't know how long it's going to get. You got to uh, catch up to me, Tony. It, it has, there, there is nothing in the world that affects my hair whatsoever. Uh, humidity doesn't. Um, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, like, get done washing it. And, like, a half hour later, it looks like it did going in. Uh, there is uh, gel has as has no effect on my hair basically past like a half hour uh it's victorious always wow i gotta take notes i have i i do absolutely nothing with it that's the weirdest thing i swear men have all the beauty luck it's like the, the women just struggle and we do our best to get everything we can going our way and men have like the long eyelashes the hair is easy they got you know they've got everything going on for them like we're just out here struggling tony and you got it all you know what? I think uh, I think it's just uh, I think it's just low standards <laughs> for me, for me personally. Uh, if you set a bar low enough, of course you're going to uh, you're going to uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna succeed. Yeah. The, the problem is uh, a couple weeks ago now I uh, I took a clippers to my hair uh, and it was getting long and and, and uh, it was hot. So I'm glad I did it actually before the heat settled in, but. Uh, I'm just afraid that once my hair finally does come back, it's just going to be all gray. And I'm 33, <laughs> so I'm just afraid that the gray is going to be there. You got to get that box dye. Just run to Target quick, get a little box dye. You know, um, you can prevent this if you want to. You could just start dyeing your hair now, and you'll never know if your hair gets gray or not. But you that's the problem is, is that is that you know maybe uh, maybe you and I won't notice, Lexus, but uh, <laughs> you know who will notice. The kids and the kids are they're ruthless. They are relentless when it comes to chirping and talking crap. Oh man! <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, the NHL uh, announced 
officially that they're doing the 2014 playoff format. I know we kind of touched on that in, in each other's respective uh, podcasts, but uh, it's official. Any, uh, any overarching thoughts or anything that's that maybe Gary Bettman made even more confusing for you? <laughs> well, the draft lottery is just like oh, rocket God. science at this point. I'm not even going to try to figure that out until <laughs> I need to. Um, but the, the playoff format, I can touch on a little bit. Uh, at least I know everyone else is confused about the draft lottery. I was like, am I stupid or is this just as confusing <laughs> as I think it is? And everyone seemed to be confused. I was like, okay, the, the playoff format though it makes sense. I understand kind of their thought process behind it. And obviously they've, they, it's hard to say, when do we cut it off? And when do we say these Mm -hmm. teams just aren't going to make it? Because we only got what, 85% of the way through the season. We had 15, 16 games left for each of the teams. So it's hard to say what would have transpired in the, in the remaining games of the season, who would have fallen into the playoffs, who would have fallen out. So I kind of understand that they don't just want to cut it off at the regular, you know, eight and eight and, and include some other teams is 24 maybe too much, which is what some people are saying. I'm kind of on the fence with that. I I see the arguments that maybe you just drop, who was it Montreal and Chicago and just keep it to 22 or you drop it to 20 teams. Um, But I also understand that those are big markets and the NHL Mm -hmm. is trying to find ways to come back from this and make money and make up for lost money and lost time here. Um, And, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily something they talked about when they were deliberating, deliberating over how to do this. But, you know, fans have been missing out on sports here for I don't know how long it's been, but maybe they just wanted to say, hey, let's get as many teams in as we can. Give some fans a taste of hockey. They've been missing out on it for two months now. I don't know how long it's been. Um, 70 something days. And so maybe they just wanted to cater to more fan bases and, and not leave as many people out. I, I, that sounds kind of like a participation trophy kind of like answer, but I don't know if maybe that's the thought process they had with it at all. Um, but again, Montreal and uh, Chicago are two big hockey markets. So that could have been a big reason why they wanted to include them. Um, I like the, the round Robin for the, um, the top four teams, but the thing I don't like about it is, and Joe, you and I kind of talked about this before we went mm-hmm. live, but um, it's kind of hard to predict who you might play in the next round. Then a, a big part of the playoffs yeah, is saying, absolutely. okay, here's who we might see in a month. Here's who we might see in two months. It's a little bit harder to figure out who your opponent might be, but then you could just argue and say, you got to beat the best to be the best. And who cares who you're going to play? You got to get through everyone anyway, mm-hmm. if you want to win. So um, <clears throat> I like the wild's chances against Vancouver. If we want to just yeah, keep I it local too. here and talk about who the wild would play, I think they stand a pretty good chance. And we all, anyone who listens to my podcast, at least uh, knows that I love Northwest division rivals. They, they live on in my heart. And so I would love a good Vancouver wild um, uh, reunion in the playoffs. I think it would be a fun matchup. So as far as that goes, I'm excited about that. Um, And yeah, it's still decision has been made that this is how it'll move forward, but there's still no start date. There's still no hub cities chosen. So there's still a lot of steps to take. Um, but today was a big announcement. I know it got a lot of people excited and finalized a few more pieces of this puzzle, but it's yeah. still, I think I said on Bart on beauties last week that it's a 5,000 piece puzzle and we're only, you know, a fifth of the way through it. So it's, <laughs> um, it seems mighty still. <laughs> it sums it up pretty good. Tony, anything you were confused by? Um, yeah, uh, I would <laughs> All love <of> to <laughs> see, I would love to see, uh, I think the NHL said that they were going to have to administer 25,000 to 30,000 COVID tests yeah. to conduct the season. I would love to see how many COVID tests have been administered in Minnesota. <laughs> and I would be uh, I would be pretty surprised if it's 25 to 30,000. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that's the biggest problem that uh, that I have with uh, with it. And like on one hand, like. Um, like everyone else, like I want 
like I want to have like especially as somebody writes about it and podcasts about it like I want to have hockey back and I want to uh, be able to talk about it and when it does come back I will talk about it and I will write about it because I need something to write and talk about <laughs> right yeah uh, but like whoa that's a lot of tests for like uh, you know vaguely gesturing around everywhere just like I, I don't know of anyone else who's getting enough tests well, and I saw a lot of people today saying, you know, kind of people who are arguing on the cancel the season train, they were saying, if you're going to have to admit it or administer that many tests, why wouldn't you just cancel the season and give these tests to people who might actually need it or areas of the country who might actually right. need it? Which, That's a legitimate argument. And I, I looked at those comments and I thought, you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense because do we all want sports? Yeah. And do some people say we need sports? Yeah. Do we actually need sports to live? No. There's actually people who need those hey, tests and will really benefit from them. The hey, Department I- of Homeland <laughs> Security has declared at- pro athletes essential workers now. I did see that too. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but I thought it was a good point that the test could be used in other areas of, of the country that, that people maybe need them more. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's, you got to choose which hurdles you want to jump over at this point and which ones you just want to try to run through. And <laughs> I don't know yeah. how this is all going to unfold still, but um, yeah. And we also found out, I mean, there has been talk about the hub cities thing and um, obviously Minnesota's on that list. Uh you know, if you consider Minnesota a city. I was just going to say, we found out that Minnesota is a city today, yeah. Um, But, uh, so Minneapolis-St. Paul is certainly on the list, but uh, they they said they're going to do two hub Mm -hmm. cities rather than multiple hub cities, which, um, what's your take on that? I mean, you're going to have one city in the West and one city in the East with all of these teams and all of these personnel. I mean, it's a scaled back personnel, obviously, right. but it's going to be a pretty healthy group of people in one area. And uh, what's your thoughts on that at all? Um, well, I'm going to quote a teacher that I had in college one time who told us that you are human before you're a journalist. So when I heard about this, the first thing I thought of was what about all these people and their families? Because they are going to have to be basically quarantined from their families or their homes or wherever they are um, in order for these games to be played. And that's going to include the staff. That's going to include the players. That's going to include not just the staff at the arenas, but like hotel staff, you know, all these Mm -hmm. people who are going to be involved in this process are going to have to be quarantined in some way, shape or form from the people that they love for a very long time. So that was one of the first things I thought of where I'm like, if that's me, I don't know as much as, you know, I love my job and and I, I want to get back to work. If someone said you can go back to work, but you can't see anyone for two months, I'd be like, "Ah, I don't don't know. That's enticing, but I also don't want to be away from my family. Yeah. So that um, that side of it, I'm a little bit bothered by looking at it from just the sports aspect and what two hub cities would mean for competition and all of that. I think it's a good idea. They originally I think we're going to do four, which was going to be one for each division. Um, which Minnesota was considered in that as well. Um, but now they've limited down to two. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the less you do, the better, honestly. I think that's mm-hmm. just going to be the safest and the easiest. So just looking at it from that aspect. But uh, it's going to be interesting because home advantage is a huge thing in sports. And it, it has a huge thing to do with momentum. And the teams who don't have it is it's very apparent in the way they play and all of that. So I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be a new time for us as sports fans mm-hmm. and people who work in sports to kind of see how this all works because it's just going to be very different. Um, but I think it's the most practical choice. So I, I think that the two hub cities are great. And I think the ones they're considering, there's a lot of good options. I, I was talking to my dad today. I said, you know, just taking for Vegas, for example. I'm like, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do somewhere that's a little bit cooler climate to begin with? Because, A, we're going to be playing. I mean, Vegas in August 
I was in Vegas in April one time and it was like a hundred degrees. I can't yeah, imagine no. what it's like in August. So I'm just trying to think just for but it's a dry heat. <laughs> I'm sure the players will care about that and the ice. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, wouldn't you want it in maybe some cooler based climates to begin with? I understand it's going to be hot everywhere in August in mm-hmm. the United States, but um, I don't know. That was just one of my initial thoughts with that. But I think a lot of the cities they're considering are great cities that would be good host yeah. locations, uh, sure. but just thinking about the ice. <laughs> How do you even quarantine 500 people? <laughs> Is my No, I'm, I, that's a, that's a, that's an honest question. I know. That's what I mean. I don't know. I, and allow them some sort of freedom as, as well. You know, right. that's the big you thing. You can't I mean. do that. I mean, no, you gotta you quarantine 500 people. Well, and then what happens if someone tests positive at some point? Is the season right. then canceled again? I mean, it's like yeah. you're you're going through with this plan, assuming everything's going to be okay and that people won't test positive, and that's obviously best case scenario and what we all want to happen. Um, but there's no guarantee that a player doesn't test positive, a coach, uh, you know, an arena worker, a hotel worker. So, I just think that worries me that you went to all this trouble to keep these people away from their families, to get them to play the sport, to put out this product. And then it's like, you got to take 10 steps back. So I don't know. I just, I'm excited, but I'm also very worried because I still feel like a lot of things could go wrong. So for like comparatively less money, just because, you know, you won't have any gate revenue. It'll all be TV. Right. Like mm-hmm. it feels to me like, like a huge gamble for not like very much reward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I do like how Gary Batman basically came out and said that, uh, and, and put it all on the fans. <laughs> We're putting we're putting our players at risk because our fans called for it. That's what they've told us. And that's you wanted it. Now take it. <laughs> Pretty much. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, definitely we, we wanted to talk about that because it was obviously fresh in the news today. But uh, Alexis, we had you on today to also talk about NWHL and the Minnesota Whitecaps. Obviously, you do work for them. Um, and do the color commentary, which uh, you can definitely hear on Twitch. And um, they they also have another platform, don't they, as as well? Or is it just strictly Twitch? It's Twitch now. The first year okay. I did it, we streamed it in different areas, but now they have a deal with Twitch. Yeah, and Twitch, actually, okay. they've extended that deal for years to come. Awesome. So it'll be on Twitch for the near future. It's a great – we love streaming That's awesome. on Twitch. And, it's so fun. <laughs> and, yeah, and Twitch has been a great uh, – it, it's a great niche thing as well for, for – platforms and and things that have been underserved i mean you can talk about their their streaming and stuff like that too but you could they could really turn into something legit for underserved uh um you know uh, organizations and, and yeah. things like that so uh but we also yeah we definitely want to talk about that we talk about the draft we want to talk about the isabel cup final that was canceled um so we'll get to that in the next segment following this i do want to talk to you about built bar again i know we we ran off the top of the show with it but uh, they got 16 amazing flares there's eight nut flavors there's also eight nut free flavors so uh and then those nut free flavors are, are created and and processed in um in nut completely nut free uh, uh facilities as well so when you get those if you have a nut allergy you can feel comfortable taking that and, and eating that which is which is great uh but they're super healthy and they're super uh high in protein high in fiber uh, low calorie low sugar if you've been sitting around like me during quarantine and not moving a whole lot i mean the, the only exercise you're getting right now is is um you know playing fetch with the dogs then uh, this is a mail. great getting the mail yeah it's uh, it's something great that you can use as an alternative to uh to maybe fill your pie hole for a, a nice little snack and then uh, uh you don't have to feel guilty about it so uh also uh, i mentioned their their um 
their promo code uh, for Locked On. If you go to their website and order, you use promo code Locked On. But all this week, and I mentioned this on yesterday's po- uh, podcast and, the, and Mondays as well, but uh, all this week you get an extra $5 off uh, a box of bars. And uh, that's just all this week that you can be used on top of that. So a total of $15 on your first order of built bars. So check them out, go to builtbar.com and thank you to built bar for sponsoring us all month long. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to lockdown wild. It's Joe and Tony here guiding the ship with special guest, Alexis Pearson from bar down beauties. And uh, the, I guess you're also with the wild radio network, although (laughs) uh, you know, it's been, seems like forever since that happened as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, you're also, uh, I guess, your big job as well is uh, you do uh, play-by-play and color commentary for mm-hmm. the NWHL's Minnesota Whitecaps. And uh, I mean, I got to I gotta rephrase that. It is <laughs> the NWA's, NWHL's reigning NWA. champions. There you yes, go. NWA, NWHL's reigning champion, Minnesota Whitecaps. That is correct. Put some respect on it. Yep. And they're going to hold that at least for one more year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that in the next segment. But <laughs> uh, the NWHL for sure um, is, is, is looking to grow. They've actually just announced that they are expanding into their first Canadian city with uh, Toronto. The Toronto Six have been unveiled. Yeah, it's uh they announced that oh my gosh, has that been like three weeks now that they announced that they were expanding there? Um and April twenty second. How many weeks ago was that? That's I don't know. Yeah, it's oh, about okay, okay. Time is a blur at this point. But yeah, they announced <laughs> the expansion about a month ago and then la- just last week they announced the name of the new team, the Toronto Six. Um and so there's I there's so much that I love about this one. Obviously, anytime you have a smaller league and you expand it, it's exciting because you want the league to grow. Um, and, and not so two years ago, the CWHL folded mm-hmm. um, for a year ago. So basically, the all those Canadian teams then uh, no longer existed. And so some of those players um, found other places to play and whatnot. Um, but the only um, we only had the NWHL then. And so. Um, what I love about this is a, that they're now expanding into Canada. So you're bringing back some of that Canadian market um, that was lost um, when the CWHL folded. Um, So I think that's awesome. Toronto obviously is a great hockey city. They love their Toronto Maple Leafs. So I can imagine that uh, the Toronto six are going to thrive there as well. Um, So I think that's a great location. um, Just picking out a spot in Canada. I can't do much better than that. Um, And yeah, I think the name is awesome. I, um, I actually, I expected a bit, more split feedback on the name but I actually saw mostly just support I didn't really see anyone who was like I don't really like it because it is kind of unique Mm -hmm. Um, but the reason that I love it is because um, just the meaning behind it that they're the sixth team in the league and and all of that and I just think that it's pretty simple actually when you think of it (laughs) it is and that's why I think it's so awesome because you know when you think about it it's like right now it might not mean that much but think about in like 20 years it hopefully the league is still around and growing and expanding Mm -hmm. and you look back on it and you're like yeah they're the Toronto six because in 2020 they were the sixth team to join the league like that's kind of how my mind was working when they announced it so I really like it I think the logo is pretty sick and the the color scheme is awesome Uh, for NHL fans the color scheme is very similar to the Ottawa Senators jerseys um and so yeah I I think there's a lot to love and they they're adding players to their roster slowly but surely I think they started off with like three or four signings and then uh the day that they announced their uh, expansion and then since then they've added some more the draft has happened and and all of that so um, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, the NWHL news has been keeping me alive here because the NHL has just been dangling a carrot in front of me with when the season's going to return. At least things are happening in the NWHL. So it was pretty exciting watching this all unfold the last few weeks. 
the only criticism I saw with uh, with the name was just like when you get drafted by them and, and you have to say like you're proud to be a member of the organization, like instead of saying, oh, I'm proud to be a butte, I'm proud to be a white cap. What do you say? And I, I think that's easy. <laughs> I'm proud to be one of the six. <laughs> yeah, one of the six. It sounds yeah. like you're in like some mystical cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, well, people, I talked about this on Bardown Beauties a little bit too, but I saw so many funny comments on Twitter from broadcasters and just fans of the league saying, imagine the heyday that broadcasters are going to have with wordplay with that team. And I didn't even think about it until I saw some of the tweets, but they were like, anytime they get a penalty, the broadcasters are going to say they're the Toronto five instead of they're the Toronto four or whatever, because there's six players on the ice, right? So mm-hmm. you got the Toronto six, six players. Um, people also think there's going to be some slips of the tongue with some other words you can substitute uh, yeah. With six, which I think that might happen as well. So um, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, and it's been fun, uh, you know, w- when a league is smaller like this and you're just trying to get any media attention you can, having this much excitement around the league the past few weeks is just so refreshing to see as someone who works for the league and is a fan mm-hmm. of, of these teams and these players. Um, so it's really, really fun to see just positive things coming out of the league um, instead of some other things that we see sometimes. So it's been really fun the last few weeks. There's a sextuple of six players on the, on the sheet of ice. <laughs> oh, don't even say I'm going to have to do some like <laughs> some. Uh, what are they like mouth warm ups or like uh, vocal warm ups beforehand? Because it's going to be a challenge for sure. <laughs> if there's like, uh, if there's like a really good line on them. They could be the six pistols. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, Tony's our, Tony, you could do my job instead. I might just have you sub in. Probably <laughs> couldn't, to be honest. And and since their logo looks like the Twisted Sister logo, it could be the <laughs> Twisted Sixers. They're, well, they're not the Sixers, but you know what I mean. Yeah, there's so much you can do with that name. Oh, I so love it. Fun. I think it's I've... great. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, the NWHL is definitely growing, and that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we... we you touched on that they, they had a draft, the, the six that were able to take part in it, but the Minnesota Whitecaps obviously got to take part in that. Yeah. And uh, they had their draft. And um, the NWHL draft is a little bit different from, let's say, like your your, your normal, um, I'm not going to say normal draft, but, you know, the what NHL, NHL draft. Or, yeah. What typical sports fans are, are used to where they normally pick best player available. Yep. Can you uh, touch on how that's a little bit different? Yeah, it has to be a little bit different for the NWHL just because of kind of the dynamics of the league at this point in time. Um, so as as Joe said, you know, with the NHL, you're going to pick the best one. Who, who was the best coming out of college? Who was the best coming out of juniors? All that kind of stuff. You're going to pick those players. Doesn't matter where they're from or where they've lived. It's who has the best stats and who fits best with that team. And the NWHL, um, they're going to pick locally for the most part, just because um, all of these players, or I should say most, if not all, have other jobs because they don't make enough money in the NWHL to have that be their sole source of income. Um, so if you're picking a player, say say you're Minnesota and you're drafting, you're not going to draft someone from California because you're saying, well, you also have to find a new job in Minnesota on top of your hockey career. Um, so it's a little bit harder. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. There's definitely players from out of state and, and out of country who come and play in these leagues and play for these teams. Um, but it just makes it uh, a little bit more difficult. So teams typically will draft locally and you're not going to really see um, 
as many trades or trades in the same way that you see in other leagues um, mm-hmm. and in the NHL for um, what people, uh, NHL fans are used to. So it's a little bit different, which makes it unique. And that's just how it is at this point in time. Um, even just like um, trading draft picks, that's a little bit harder, which there was a traded draft pick. The Toronto uh, Six traded with Boston. Um, so Boston ended up getting mm-hmm. the uh, first round draft pick instead of Toronto. Um, okay. But it's just a little bit different. So it's it's not what uh, NHL fans are used to, um, but it's how it works in the league and it works for them. And it kind of makes it fun because then you get a lot of these hometown kids playing for these teams, especially for us Minnesotans. You know, we're so proud of our Minnesotans and the Whitecaps are like 90 percent Minnesotans. And Absolutely. we're like, yes. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit unique, a little bit different than what NHL fans are used to. But it's what the league does to, to make it work. And it's working for them so far. That's how it used to be in the NHL, too, I think. Right. Because uh, they would yeah. have territorial rights. Right. For uh, for all the players in like a designated area for a team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why there was so many contractual issues in the early days of the NHL, just because there was so much of that going on. So there are a lot of similarities. Uh, The NHL has just been able to move past it and expand to the point where that's not an issue anymore. And I'm sure the NWHL will get there at some point, too, if they continue to expand and grow. But, uh, yeah, it makes for a bit of a unique drafting situation in, in that league. And you talked about how it's uh, it's mostly Minnesotans and adopted Canadians who might have gotten to college around here, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, you know, you 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 brought up uh, local Minnesotans getting drafted by the Whitecaps. They uh, they drafted with their first overall pick, with their first pick, not overall pick. Yeah, um, Alex Woken, who if you're a, a Lady Ofer fan, you know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, when at a previous site that I used to write for. We had a, a gal named Kat that covered the Gopher women's hockey. And let me say she was a gigantic fan of Alex Wolken <laughs> and the way she kind of uh, conducts her business on the ice. And um, let's just say when I would edit, edit those uh, game recaps and stuff uh, for the weekend series and stuff, Woken was a name that was used quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, so do you have any information on, on her as well? Yeah, a little bit. So um, a couple of things. One, the Minnesota Whitecaps love their Golden Gophers. You'll find a lot of Golden Gophers on that Minnesota Whitecaps roster. Um, So that was no surprise that they picked a Gopher for their first pick. Um, They were the fifth overall pick in the draft. And so they they picked her. Um, And yeah, they, as you said, Golden Gopher fans who who watch the women's hockey team know that name and they respect that Mm -hmm. name because she is very good. She's got a couple gold medals under her belt. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, she she led the team um, in her senior season, I believe, in, in uh, um, power play goals and she uh, also tallied a ton of points on, on the season as well um, she's a winger um, a lot of people though uh, the one thing that I saw so Minnesota is the oldest team in the league um, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a similarity they have with the Minnesota Wild we just love to have old hockey teams yeah, um, they're good, <laughs> they're good. Um, and so they are one of the older teams in the league and especially on the blue line. So a lot of oh, fans yeah. were speculating, okay, maybe they're going to get a younger blue liner. They'll sign a, a defender right out of college, um, to, to, um, give some youth to that blue line. Um, and that didn't happen. They picked Alex Woken, a winger. So, um, that surprised a little bit of people that they went with a forward uh, right off the bat. But again, you look at her stats and you're like, well, no wonder they picked her. She's golden gopher a and B she just, her stats speak for themselves. Um, and she'll fit right in. I mean, think of her with the likes of Johnna Curtis, Allie Thunstrom. I mean, some of those top mm-hmm. guns, um, on uh, the forward side of things for the white caps. I just, I think she's really going to thrive with them. So I'm excited to see her. Yeah, you definitely talked about that blue line. When you've got a blue line of Amanda Boulier and <laughs> Lee Stackline back there, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. Um, also, they also added in their second round pick, uh, Patty Marshall, who I believe is also 
a former gopher. Is that, am she, I mistaken on that? You are correct. She is okay. a golden gopher. Um, so they, she was picked 11th overall. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned Lee Steckline and Lee Steckline, um, she was not with the team after last year. So she scored the game oh, winning really? goal in overtime uh, against uh, the Buttes to win the um, Isabel cup championship in 2018. Mm-hmm. Was yep. that 2018 or 19? 2019. 19. Thank you. I'm time is a blur. Like oh, I no, said, you're right. You're, you're right. I'm, I'm yep. sorry. I'm mistaken. No, that's that. okay. So Amanda Boulier is still here. Don't worry. Um, yeah. but Lisa line, um, and she was one of the older players um, on the team and she was not with the team anymore. So a lot of people are saying, okay, Patty Marshall is kind of kind of going to kind of fill her skates a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and so people are excited about that because Lee Steckline was a huge name um, for yeah. the Whitecaps. Um, so she was on team USA's roster for a three um, U18 world championship. She was the captain of the golden Gophers. Um, and um, so she, she had a ton of block shots, 44 block shots in her senior season. And she stayed out of the penalty box, which is huge too. Mm-hmm. She only had three minor penalties um, in her um, senior season with the golden Gophers. So a lot of, she didn't, have a ton of points um but the whitecaps have enough blue liners who can score already so they don't necessarily need to find offensive defenders they just need to youthen sure. up that blue line a little bit um and as a lot of people are saying they can kind of see her as a replacement for lee steckline um which would be awesome because lee steckline was just absolutely dominant on the mm-hmm. blue line so yeah patty marshall another golden gopher um another one to be excited about and like i said it just you can't go wrong the the whitecaps love their gophers that's for sure yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you corrected me on that. I, I was trying to pull up the current roster and and when it first pulled, popped up, Lee Steckline's name was on top and it was clearly <laughs> an outdated roster. So I'm glad you corrected me on that. Uh, yeah, you're, she uh, she joined the W or the PWHPA, correct? Yep, correct. Yes. Yep. I think I got that correct. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely. I do want to get into some more Whitecaps players um, in the next segment. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll come back and talk more Minnesota Whitecaps hockey and also uh, their run to the Isabel Cup final that uh, was sadly canceled to to the, the COVID-19 stuff. So let's take a short break and we'll be right back here on Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the final segment here on Locked on Wild on the Locked on Podcast Network. We Big thanks to Built Bar and BuildBar.com. Make sure to use that promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $10 off on your first order of Built Bar. Anyways, uh, we, we're here with Tony and Alexis here, and um, we, we, we touched on uh, some of the, the draft picks that uh, the Whitecaps had. But uh, let's get into some of the, the main roster players. I obviously mentioned Amanda Boulier. She's one of my favorite, partly because our names kind of sound <laughs> sort of alike. And I feel like when she scores, it's somebody that can kind of root for. But uh, not only she, um, you know, my name kind of, my last name kind of sounds like hers. Uh, and that's my only claim to fame, I suppose. <laughs> um, she's damn good. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is, uh, and by the way, when her name is announced when she scores, which she does a lot of from the blue line, by the way, um, they announce her Amanda Boulier. They really extend the O, and it just it gets me there pumped up every time. I never get sick of it. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she's small for a defender, but she is mighty. She's pretty, uh, she is tough on her skates, and she's got a heck of a shot. Uh, she's really, really good, and um, she um, 
had six goals in in this uh, past season here in the regular season. 21 assists, so 27 points. That put her third on the team overall. Allie Thunstrom and Jonna Curtis were the only ones ahead of her in points on the yeah, team. So they're forwards. <laughs> they are forwards, yes. Also important. So she's pretty dominant on the blue line. She just re-signed with the Whitecaps, I want to say like a week ago now. She did a really cute video with her dog <laughs> <laughs> announcing her re-signing. I was really excited about it. Um, See, that's yeah, why so she's her... awesome. She's a dog person, too. <laughs> exactly. So fans are excited to have her back. I'm excited to have her back as a announcer for the team um and yeah she's just again the white caps are very good at the blue line they they thrive at the blue line especially in the power play too they just move the puck so well and the mm-hmm. blue line is dangerous on the power play because you misplay that puck at the blue line of the power play and you just the whole thing is just is 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 gone and you got to redo everything so mm-hmm. um she is great on the power play at the blue line she's got a great shot she can really a, a lot of defenders you know, they've got a great shot, but they can't always place the shot as well as forwards can. Mm-hmm. She can place the shot perfectly. I mean, I swear she knows exactly where she's shooting it every time she takes that shot, uh, which is something that impresses me probably the most out of everything that she does. And the fact that she's so small and she's just a great defender because you don't mm-hmm. expect smaller yeah. players to be great defenders all the time. Um, she's like a, a Jared Spurgeon. Uh, if you want to compare that, yeah, <laughs> she can score when she needs to. She's small and mighty. Um, and, and yeah, she just gets the job done. So if, if wild fans want a comparison to the NWHL, uh, Amanda Boulier is the white caps version of Jared Spurgeon mm-hmm. for sure. Well, there you go. That's uh that's, that's, uh, that's twice as much of a reason for Joe to report. <laughs> You're a huge yeah. Jared Spurgeon fan, Joe? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but yeah, there you right. go. Yeah, no, <laughs> doesn't I just, like Jared Spurgeon honestly, anymore, though. though. <laughs> I like, just appreciate what he does on the ice. Yeah. Uh, there's just... like one caveman who says that he's small <laughs> still. Yeah. True. True. The uh, So Amanda Boulier is obviously amazing, but uh, Allie Thunstrom, um, one of those players that you notice on the ice – uh, actually, probably her and Jonna Curtis, and I would I would like to see the two in kind of a drag race. But Allie Thunstrom, you definitely notice on the ice, not because, uh, not she's always scoring goals, and, and obviously was in the team lead of the, on this team. But but that speed is certainly noticeable on a team filled with uh, with fast skaters. Let me tell you, Joe, I <laughs> I broadcast every home game for the Whitecaps. Okay, mm-hmm. it amazes me every time she takes off that she can still skate that fast, and I've seen her do it fifty times a game for uh, I don't know forty games now at this point. Mm-hmm. It just and I even will say it on air. I'm like, it amazes me every time, and I know she can do it. I've seen her do it a million times, and it still surprises me. I mean, she is the kind of player who, just when you think she's reached her peak speed, she hits another gear. It's like, mm-hmm. that's it. She's going as fast as she can go, and then, boom, you blink, and she's at another point in the ice. I don't know how she does it. She's so damn fast, and she is so fun to watch because she's the kind of player. You see her get that puck in the neutral zone, and you just know she's going to do something with yeah. it. I love watching her break through the defenders or just get a step on the defenders. You know as soon as she gets that step, she's gone good luck it's her versus the goalie and it gets it gets me so excited the fans know too like the white caps fans as soon as she gets mm-hmm. that puck you feel the crowd react to it um it's just she has done so much for this team she is she's such a nice person too i mean mm-hmm. i love we had her on bar down beauties i've had conversations with her interviewing her for white caps games and uh we traveled with her she was sitting next to us on the plane to boston when we went there for the all-star game so she's a great person a great hockey player so fun to watch and as you said, her and Jonna Curtis together, I mean, they are two of the fastest players on that team, but more so than that, they, it's like, they always find each other to score goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have teamed up so many times for goals. Uh, Jonna Curtis is a little bit smaller than Allie Thunstrom. And I would say Allie Thunstrom is obviously the fastest on the team. 
Sure. But man, when those two are on the ice together, I get so excited because I, I just yeah. know they're going to do something. Um, and and yeah, they uh, the Whitecaps are lucky to have them. And uh, I'm lucky as a broadcaster that I get to broadcast for such awesome hockey players because they are so, right. so amazing. One uh, one thing that you mentioned about her speed that I noticed, it seems like whether it's at the beginning of her shift or at the end of her shift, <laughs> she still finds that gear. She has no fatigue, I swear. I mean, she just, like you said, if she needs to skate fast, she will skate fast. Doesn't matter if she's about to head to the bench. If that puck gets her, she'll take off and take it down mm-hmm. nice and get a shot on net. I mean, she just, and that's part of what makes her so good is a lot of times those fast players, not that they give up, but they kind of, they only have it for maybe one moment in a shift or, or one play in a shift. And then they can't find that speed again. Mm-hmm. Ellie Thunstrom can find that speed every second that she's on that ice. And it's just, and again, we see it as broadcasters all the time. It still surprises us. The defenders know she's that fast and still they, she continuously finds ways to beat them. So, you know, the defenders are watching tape and trying to figure out ways to stop <laughs> her and they still can't. So it's, uh, it's I I hope she's on this team forever. <laughs> I, I never want to see her not play because I just I love watching her. She's one of my favorite players in any league of hockey, no matter the gender, just all around, because I just I, I absolutely love her. So I'm just going to throw this out as a as a as a, as a helpful suggestion to the defenders <laughs> trying to uh, be faster. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they've considered that yet, Tony. That's a really good idea. I I feel like I could definitely be a coach. Like that is, <laughs> that's my calling. <laughs> We're like, coach, I don't know. And Tony's like, you just you need to skate faster. I don't know what to tell you. Just, you <laughs> just cross just your arms, shake your head at him, and just be faster. I mean, there's, that's what you got to do. <laughs> Goalie, simply stop the puck. <laughs> well, and that's going to kind of lead me into my next uh, player. Um, you know, one thing that the Whitecaps – do very very well is they always come back and back check well to the point where they suffocate offensive attacks offensive yeah. rushes all the time and they're very very good at their defensemen are are, are incredibly mobile and uh and they all get up ice but when that fails i'm inclined to believe that the, the <laughs> white caps have one of if not the best goaltender in the league in amanda levier and she just is always calm cool collected makes the big save makes the the easy save uh which i if if you talk to a real goaltender they're going to say no a save is really easy <laughs> but uh but you know what i'm saying like they yeah. make the saves that the that that she's supposed to make and um and i think that's what helped uh, propel the the white caps in their first season to capture the isabel cup and then also to return to the final which we'll get into a, a, right after this too but um she's an absolute vital part of that team yeah, she. Uh, you got to have a strong goaltender if you want to win. I, I, they say it all the time, and no matter what league you're in, your goaltender has to perform if you want to win games. And Amanda Levier does that for them. And the Whitecaps have just about every piece you need to be a good team, and uh, she's one of the bigger ones. And she's not the biggest goaltender. She's very small. <laughs> um, I've mm-hmm. stood next to her many times and wondered how such a tiny person can be so good at being a goaltender. Um, but she's, I would say, one of the more athletic goaltenders in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, she might not be biggest. She doesn't always take up the most space, but she moves her body so well. And there's been so many times I've, I'm the color commentator for the Whitecaps, but I've called a handful of play-by-play games for them, just filling in for my partner when she couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some calls that they've like tweeted out and she will be like scrambling for the puck and she's throwing an arm this way and throwing her stick that way and a pads in the air and her other skates in the air. And I and trying to call it. I'm like, I don't even know what words to get out of my mouth because by the time I even think about what I want to say, she's in another position. I mean, she's just, her athleticism is, 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 is so good. And it, 
again, for a goaltender who's so small, that athleticism is absolutely crucial to her being a good goaltender. She's also very good at positioning, which again, smaller goaltenders need to be good at because they have to be able to come out more, cut off those angles better because they don't take up as much space in the net. Um, And there's, as you said, the Whitecaps are so good at getting back and playing defense. They're great at blocking shots, uh, getting in front of those pucks for her. And there will be so many times throughout the season in games where we'll go minutes of her not seeing a puck at yeah, all. I mean, we'll just be standing yeah, there. And you'll, the the opposing team will come down. It looks like they might get some zone time, and, and they might get some zone time, but they don't always get the puck to the net. I mean, the Whitecaps are just so good at at um, stopping it before it gets to her that she doesn't even always have to to save the day for the Whitecaps, uh, which yeah. goaltenders sometimes have to do. So uh, she is just a crucial part of that team. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams – uh, or I should say there's been many points in seasons for the teams that are in the league where they kind of do a 50-50 with their goaltenders. They kind of just swap them out, give them mm-hmm. each equal playing time. Um, and in the NWHL, it's like a series, like in college yeah. where you're playing a couple yeah. games in a weekend. Um, and a lot of times they'll do one goalie for one game and a different one for the other game, especially if the first goalie loses that game or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. The caps are pretty much set in stone with Amanda Levier, uh in, in between the pipes for them, which says a lot about how she plays uh, just based on how other teams uh, run their goaltenders in the league. So, uh, again, it's just the Whitecaps are just such a good team. They have so many pieces that make them so fun to watch. And uh, luckily, as this offseason has been unfolding, we're seeing some of those pieces start to come back, which is mm-hmm. very relieving. And as we talked about some of their draft picks, they're just adding some better pieces there uh, to go along with the pieces they already have. So um, they're going to be fun to watch again when when play resumes at some point. <laughs> uh, Amanda Levier also with the badass walleye on her honor yeah, and a former gopher as well <laughs> yeah exactly um so i'm talking obviously positive about the white caps because they they're reigning champs of the isabel cup i believe yes. this year they would have had a a, a really strong opponent in the boston yes. pride but uh going into the semifinal game i there i just didn't feel like that they had a weakness like it would have been absolutely insane um one hell of a matchup as well if um if they were able to end up playing, but uh, sadly due to uh, the rest of the, uh, the world and global pandemic of COVID-19 um, that was uh, one of the things that get axed. And I guess uh, like you have discussed on bar down beauties um, being that it was one game, I was kind of hoping maybe they'd hold out some hope, bring everybody together, play that one final game, really crown a champion. But in this case it did get canceled. Um, can you kind of explain a little bit what your reaction was at first. And then also um, I guess more or less just kind of uh, what that might mean going forward um, in the, the record books is, or, or for like um, for teams in general um, uh, and the league having missed out on, on, on an Isabel cup final. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of emotions with this one. Um, obviously, I wasn't surprised that it was suspended to begin with because it, w- it was set to be played on Friday the 13th, which was the day after the NHL suspended their season. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just knew that was going to be the next domino. So that initial uh, delay was not surprising at all. Um, but I just kept thinking the whole time. I was like, OK, it's just one game. I can imagine that all these teams that are scrambling to, or these uh, leagues that are scrambling to try to play, you know, 50 games, 100 games. 
that this league can find a way to play one game. I just thought that, sure, it would be hard. There would be challenges just like every other league, but that it would probably be easier to accomplish than some of these other leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the back of my mind, everything that I was reading and seeing, I just kept thinking, they'll find a way to do it. It might not be till August. It might not be till September, but they'll find a way to get this one done. And so it really surprised me when they ended up saying, hey, we're just going to cancel it. We're not going to get this game played. Um, For a couple of reasons. One, because like I said, I just thought it would be, easier than most to get that one game played, but B they're a smaller league. They can't afford to miss out on money opportunities and wait and, you know, all of that stuff and, and growing the game and, and getting more fans. And that's the biggest game of the year. Obviously the one people are probably most looking forward to. Um, and it was going to be a really good matchup, the best team in the league against the second best team in the league. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Um, and so a lot of that surprised me, but at the same time, I know they're just looking out for the safety of the players and obviously the meetings that they had, they decided this was the safest and best option for them at this point in time. Um, and maybe they just said, Hey, we don't want to have to deliberate this until August, September, you know, the NHL is saying, Hey, we'll get this figured out no matter how long it takes. Maybe the NWHL just said, we don't want to do that. We just want to give people some closure now and move forward. And that's what they decided to do. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed as as someone who is looking forward to this game. Um, we wouldn't have been broadcasting it here in Minnesota. It would have been in Boston. So my season as a broadcaster was done regardless. Um, but I was excited to watch that because, um, the, if, if either of you remember the white caps were the only team to beat the Boston pride in the regular season. Mm -hmm. And, um, Allie Thunstrom scored the game winning goal in that game. It was a, I'm getting two thumbs up from Tony. It was a very exciting game. And so I was like, man, if this, championship game has any of that same energy it is going to be so fun to watch so and I know a lot of people were saying the same thing Boston fans Minnesota fans and just other fans of other teams uh, were really looking forward to this game Um, and so it's disappointing it's the first time the Isabel Cup uh, will not be handed out since the NWHL has been around Mm -hmm. uh, which which is sad Um, but again it is it is what it is and this is what the league decided was going to be the best Um, and as of right now they're saying that they're planning to get the season started November 1. But again, that's a few months out. A lot can change between now and then. Normally, the season starts right around the same time as the NHL. The first couple of weeks of October is when those mm-hmm. first games start getting played. So they're um, they're kind of on the same schedule as far as starting there. Um, but yeah, so they're saying November 1, which is about a month out of what the regular time would be for them to start. So that was the first time that I saw that date announced as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was if I just didn't see it until then or if that's uh, their first announcement of that. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's promising. And again, the NWHL has less games in a season than the NHL. Um, so it might be a little bit easier to get that season played and stuff. Um, but it, it comes down to the safety of the players and and how that's all going to work. And obviously, uh, with a league that is, is young and, and needs money, they can't necessarily just play games without finding ways to make money. So it might make that harder in that sense. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, really disappointing that we were one game away from possibly having mm-hmm. back-to-back champs for the Caps and just finishing out another season of the NWHL um, and and couldn't see it happen. So that's that's upsetting. Just as a fan, just being selfish, right. I just wanted to see the game. <laughs> uh, I remember watching that uh, that game. The Whitecaps ended up bre- breaking the uh, unbeaten streak for the, yeah. the Pride. And uh, it won, it felt extremely like a playoff game. It and did. Two, <laughs> And two, like, I loved all the signage in the crowd uh, about the fans really relishing in the fact that they were the unbeaten streak uh, breakers. Yeah. Um, in that, um, that it looked like the, the players really relished in that, too. 
Yeah, we uh, be in, in the break. We were talking about Tony was asking me uh, if I had coined any phrases as a broadcaster. <laughs> and I said, not really. I normally just kind of panic and whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. Um, and that was the game that I coined my, oh, my God, I'm sweating goal call phrase um, <laughs> because <laughs> the Boston Pride, uh, the game was three two, and there was like just a couple minutes left in the in the regular or um, in the third period. And they pulled the goalie and scored to make it 3-3. So my broadcasting brain is like, all right, get prepped for overtime. Start figuring out your stats. What are you going to talk about? Literally, like 10 seconds later, I'm not even kidding. I think it was 9 or 10 seconds. Allie Thunstrom comes down and scores to make it 4-3. And my broadcast partner's going crazy. And I don't even know what to say. So I just said, oh, my God, I'm sweating, which was a true (laughs) statement. I was sweating because I was very excited. And fans went crazy about that and just thought that was the funniest thing ever. So then they just kept commenting that and other games and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was a very exciting game. Like you said, had a playoff feel to it. The fans were into it. Us as broadcasters, I felt so much excitement watching it and just the back and forth action. And it was a high scoring game, which are always fun to watch and and to Mm -hmm. call as well. Um, So I was just, I was so excited for this championship game because I'm like, man, I just know it's going to have that same energy (laughs) and we just didn't get it. So Oh, well, maybe next season. <laughs> definitely unfortunate. And I encourage uh, people to definitely check out uh, Minnesota Whitecaps. I have not yet been to a game myself, but I do tune in Saturdays and Sundays to watch. And that's where I've seen you, obviously, along with uh, Kelly Schultz on yeah. the call. And um, uh, again, I, I think I've mentioned this prior to the show, but Twitch is actually a, a nice platform that uh, um, it, it's stable, it's strong, and uh, it allows commenting and things like that, which is, is kind of fun to interact with other fans that are tuning in from across the country. So uh, definitely check out a Whitecaps game. It's a lot of fun. And uh, again, they're all uh, born, well, not all born and bred Minnesotans, but uh, <laughs> most, of <them. laughs> most of them are Minnesotans and adopted Canadians. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that's probably going to do it for our show today. Uh, Alexis, do you have uh, a Twitter and or uh, anything you'd like to plug real quick? I've never heard of Twitter before. No, no I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> Not a bad Some days I wish I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Alexis Mariana, M-I-R-J-A-N-A. Check out Bard on Beauties on Twitter, our other social media, YouTube. We release episodes every Monday. Um, and yeah, whenever the Whitecap season resumes, tune in on Twitch, chat with us, or come to a game and come say hi. The, the press box is not too far from the fans. We can wave and see us. So um, <laughs> feel free to stop in at a game there. Um, but yeah, that's all I got now. Feel free to tweet something funny. I mean, to keep me entertained during quarantine. Cause I don't even know what day it is anymore. And Tony, you got anything? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter at Ohio oh, Tony. And then, uh, at zone coverage on Tuesday, I tried to put together optimal lines for the playoffs, uh, optimal forward Ooh. lines. So you can go check that out. And on Thursday, I will have an article about, uh, what is a strength for the uh, the Whitecaps is not so much a strength uh, for the Minnesota Wild, uh, or at least this year. <laughs> I'll be I'll be uh, talking about Minnesota's goaltending throughout the year, and if their poor performance in the regular season will doom them in the playoffs. So uh, so uh, tune into that on Thursday. Yeah, check that out on ZoneCoverage.com. You can also find all my work on ZoneCoverage.com. I have an article planned to kind of look at the potential path to the cup for the Minnesota wild. Now 
being that the, the top four seeds are going to play a round robin thing. It kind of muddies the waters a little bit, but I'll do my best to try to handicap a, a, a best path for, for, for y'all on, on Friday. So check that out. Zonecoverage.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Joe boo one five, where I am definitely peddling the bar league floor hockey <laughs> leagues. So um, I, I'd love to see that happen. That is going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode and you do not have to do any extra work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow us on Twitter, the podcast that is. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can get in touch with us via email. Email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs>